Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. We are so glad to be with you today, continuing this series on myths about the soul that we started last time. Hope you are doing well and enjoying the fall season, the fall weather, the change of the leaf color uh, or the color of the leaves um, all around us and the falling of the leaves. And it's just a great time to just look back on the year and everything that God's done in our lives and really be appreciative, thankfully, thankfully of all that he's done for us, you know, as we move on into Thanksgiving, uh, whether this is before or after Thanksgiving for you, when you listen to this, um, we are in the holiday season, which is great. We watched our first Hallmark like movie last night. Um, a a little bit of it at least before, uh, I think we all fell asleep after about the first 15 minutes. <laughs> Is it a Hallmark movie? Well, or? no, it was one of those new channels that's like uh, like Hallmark movies, but it's not uh, actually Hallmark. Uh, oh, I didn't know there was a new channel. Okay. Um, and so that, I think, officially means we're into the Christmas season, along with just uh, all the commercials that are telling us we're into the Christmas season. But it's a fun time of year. I love this time of year. Me too. Filled with family and memories and traditions. Yeah. That you really shouldn't take for granted because they don't all last forever as far as everybody that gets to come and be a part of it. And, you know, and so times to cherish for sure. Yep. But we wanted to continue this series. Last time we talked about the myth of do we even have a soul? You know, people, I think a lot of people don't, don't even know that they have a soul separate from their spirit. So if you didn't hear that, go back and listen to that podcast from um, last time, part one of Myths About the Soul. Today, we're going to continue this series with part two, talking about, why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about? Well, I feel like a second myth could be that we can't define the soul. We can't define it. It's kind of like this ethereal thing out there in the universe, or that's part of our being, and we don't put a definition on it. So assuming that you now believe that you have a soul. By the scriptures that we showed last week, right? Now, what is it and what part of you is it and how do we address it? Right. And as we've discussed preparing for this podcast, it's not so much that we're in total agreement of the parts. And we'll talk about that today, how some people define it and how we define it. It's just important that you do because our principle or the principle that I know has changed people's lives over and over and again in my ministry and practice and in my own life is that when I define the parts of my being that is the soul as where Satan works to defeat me. And that's the problem because if you don't know those parts and you don't put it in some kind of a triune being, we are spirit, we live in a body and we have a soul. And then what is the parts of that soul or what are the parts of that soul? Then you miss where he attacks, what he does. And when you understand those parts, it's so clear then to go out from that and see that, of course, he works on the mind. Of course, the mind thinks, imagines, remembers what we're going to specify in just a minute. Of course, it's the will and the emotions Though we can accept from a couple of scriptures we're going to share that you can, uh, you know, because well, I'll just say it. We define the soul as the mind that has three functions. The mind thinks, imagines and remembers and the will and the emotions. We think that what works in a functionality of understanding where he works 
that what you put your will to think, imagine, and remember will affect the other part of your soul, which is your emotions. So basically, we define the soul as the mind, will, and emotions, but we also break it down into the functions of the mind. Some people, uh, according to some scriptures, and you can read the two scriptures if you want to, lands define the mind as separate. They say the soul is the will and the emotions. The mind is another part. And then we have the body. Some people think you have, I think you have a mind in the heart, soul, and body because also because the Bible says what a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So that means the spirit has a heart. You have the mind that's part of the soul that we're talking about, thinking, imagining, and remembering, and you have a brain. So that could be part of the body. But what we want to emphasize when we read these two scriptures in in a minute or so, it's not so important how you define it or who you agree with, I think it makes more sense if you're thinking of yourself as a triune being, body, soul, and spirit created after the tr- the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that it fits into the soul, um, that it, the soul fits for a mind to be within the soul. But if you don't think that, I don't care <laughs> as long as you uh, get that the one big strategy of the enemy is that you won't define it. You won't think where it, what it's made up of. You won't think how Satan works there or not and how to defeat him. So that's our goal and objective. You know, the scripture, there's a scripture that says, without knowledge, my people perish. And that scripture is, I'm going to tell you here in, um, let's see, I sent, I was in the uh, Hosea, Hosea 4, 4 6. 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. That's, this is the King James, obviously, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget that ch- your, thy children, which goes back to Psalm 78. If you don't convey the law of the Lord, the word of the law, righteousness to your children to obey it, then they'll be lost too. So I think it's important, another scripture is study to show thyself approved, to understand what we're trying to say, to have knowledge so that you can understand not only where Satan is working, but if this part of your being gets damaged or hurt, whether it's a broken heart or whether it's a wounded soul, which the Bible refers to both, and you don't know how to allow the Lord to heal it, then you're going to probably not be effective, as effective as you can be in this life, right? Right. And what I wanted to say in response to what you said, as far as Satan attacking us in the parts of our being, yeah. the reason why this part of us gets missed, it's not that Satan can't attack our body. No. Um, it's just that this part of us is invisible. Yes. And so it gets passed over or unaddressed because if it's out of sight, it's out of mind, so to speak. Right. And therefore it must not be important if we can't see it. Well, actually, like we said last week, the spirit is invisible. You can feel the spirit. Uh, You have the effect of the spirit. It's invisible too. So, but that's just emphasized in the church. We have a spirit. God's spirit comes into our spirits when we're saved so people just accept it, though they can't see it. They, they have a, a more ready knowledge of the spirit part of our man and the body part of our man, because you see it every day. Billions, trillions spend on keeping the body healthy. Um, but like you said, we can't see the parts that we want to 
minister to people or define it as the soul. And the other reason why that is that that gets all the attention and all the spend is because it's also what other people can see and comment back to you and give you feedback about, right? So if you look good, know your body. Oh yeah, right. If you look good, yeah, people are going to be like, oh, you look great. Yeah. You, you're dressing nice. Oh, have you lost some weight? Yeah. Oh, you must be working out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We get feedback and um, what do you call that? Um, reinforcement of yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Whereas with our soul, nobody knows if our soul is sick, really, unless, right. except us, even if we don't know what our soul is, yeah. we know we have something wrong on the inside until we address it. Unfortunately, others can also give us feedback, but we don't know where it's coming from. Like if we're yelling at our kids all the time, they're going to be wounded and hurt and we're going to lose relationship with them out of the sickness of our soul. But it's, but it's still not easy for us to pinpoint without defining it. Like we're trying to say, and I want to say one point about your confirmation. If we don't get confirmation or approval of how we look, then that affects our emotions and we feel bad to the point that we emphasize the body and how we look and how people accept that too much. We're so focused on how we look and if we're beautiful or not, or have people think we are, if we're skinny or, you know, whatever, that people focus on that so much that they get all their approval from other people about that and they dismiss whether the spirit has been transformed by the Holy Spirit of God through salvation and whether their soul man that we can't see is functioning to a point which we can see it. I mean, you can see, you've seen it in me, I've seen it in you, by our actions, you know, I can get mad at your dad like I did the other night because he was uh, interrupting me and I said, stop interrupting me, I want to tell the story, that was probably my flesh reacting. So I'm sorry if that was my flesh reacting. I told him I was sorry. (laughs) Um, But the bottom line is that's the outworking that we see, but we don't see or think about where that coming from and who's at bay and, you know, how you go about that. Okay. So here's the two verses. One's in the New Testament. One's in the Old Testament. I'm going to start with the Old Testament verse. So it goes in chronological order, at least. It's Deuteronomy 6, 5. And these are, again, verses that are helping us to define the parts of our being and calling out the soul. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Heart, soul, and strength. And the way we are interpreting that is to mean heart meaning your spirit, soul being your soul, and strength being your body. Okay? But uh, now moving over to the New Testament version, or the new, sorry, not version, but the New Testament verse that we want to study, it's Mark 12, 30 and 31. And it says, the love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So the one in Mark is, Jesus quoting the Old Testament Deuteronomy verse, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what it's is, Jesus speaking. Yes. Yeah, he's, uh-huh. he's, mm-hmm. he's basically referring back to the Deuteronomy 6, 5 in saying it, but the way, way it's translated in the New Testament is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
Whereas the Old Testament just says heart, soul, and strength. Actually, I don't know if that's a cross-reference. It seems like it is. We should know that, but maybe we can tell the audience next time. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems it like is. it is, because. but if you look at it that way, it looks like Jesus came back and defined it differently, so we should know that. But for today's show, basically we want everybody to understand, put it wherever you want to, just put it somewhere. Put these parts somewhere, otherwise... Your spirit, you don't get saved. You don't save your spirit. You don't transform your spirit. You don't put the spirit of God in you. You just confess your sins, ask Jesus to forgive you, and he comes into your heart. That is automatic. It's sovereign. It's a miracle. You don't create your body either. You were created in your mother's womb, which is a miracle as well. You keep your body healthy. The body is more aligned to the soul as far as keeping it healthy. Well, actually, you keep your spirit healthy, too, by building your spirit. But my contention is if you build your spirit or let it grow towards the Lord, your soul and your body will not dominate your being. But one more time, if you don't define the soul as a mind that thinks, imagines, and remembers, and you have a will and you have emotions, even if you put the mind outside of the soul, I want, if you don't take away anything from this podcast, I want you to think about this is the, what in my book, in fact, I remember you put this term on the, when we said this, cause you helped write the book. It's your renegade part. It's your rebellious part. Some people might call it your flesh, which I don't really care, but when you break it down, it's very clear to understand. I mean, the world has it. They say the mind is the devil's workshop. You know, some people don't break it down to think, okay, what does my mind do? Well, it thinks so I can think good or I can think bad. I can think about Jesus or the truth and I can think about evil or Satan. I can remember. And if you're wounded, it's a scientific fact that your trauma is recorded through the limbic system of your brain trauma, abuse, those memories, good also and bad recorded there. And you can imagine you, the Bible calls it vain imaginations. You can have bad imaginations. You can have sexual fantasies. You can think and fantasize and imagine in sin, or you can imagine about going to heaven and the good things of God. So in my opinion, if you don't think about what those functions of the mind are, Neither do you have a clear understanding of how he works, either in wounding and past wounds or what you're thinking today or what you're remembering about yesterday or what you're imagining today, yesterday or tomorrow, future. And then I'm sure that you agree, whatever that is, you have a will, you can choose to set your will to submit it to the good or the bad will definitely affect whether you're happy or sad or joyful or angry All the emotions that you want to differentiate, they're basically in Galatians 6, the fruit of the flesh, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. It affects how you feel, Mm -hmm. basically, which we can't see your feelings either, right? Right. right. Yeah, I wanted to go back and confirm that that is Mark 12, 30 and 31 is Jesus speaking. Okay. And he is quoting Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, because that's cross-reference there. Okay, so whether Jesus was trying to clarify it Or I don't know that you could say he was trying to improve it. Well, he was answering a question. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him 
of all the commandments, which is the most important. Yeah. So he was answering that question. Okay. But nonetheless, any way you look at it, if you don't include the mind, if you just say the soul is the will and the emotions and you don't include the mind either separately or as part of the soul, then you're not getting the real seat, in my opinion, of where Satan's affecting you and what the mind does and what you can do with it. You know, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No. It's so true. You were talking about how you have to set your will on what you're going to think about and yes. how that affects your emotions. Yes. And what I find is that where that is set is in time with the Lord, yes. right? If I don't spend time with the Lord, then my, I'm, I'm automatically going to be setting my will on things of this world and things that my flesh would have me to focus on because I'm feeding my flesh and not feeding my spirit through right. time with God. Right. Right. But when I spend time with God and I'm able to reset my mind onto the word and what God is saying through the word, and then hopefully sitting with him and listening to what he's saying to me in my heart, that changes everything as far as my perspective, my ability to take in negativity from my circumstances and push it back out as, you know, that might be a bad situation, but look, God's called me to this situation to be a light and to be a difference maker and look at all the things he's done to bring me to this point so that I can go on in wholeness and health and joy and peace and all the fruits of the spirit and not be depressed and not be down and not be comparing myself to others and not be thinking about the things that I don't have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that my flesh would focus on. And to your point, that's why Romans 12, two says you understood you do not be conformed to the world. Uh, what's understood there also with your mind, the things imagines and remembers, but be transformed because then it goes on to say, by the renewing of your mind. So that's what it's referring to. Right. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is. So what you're saying, the process to do that, to have a transformed mind, is to spend time with the Lord in worship, in prayer, meditating on the word. And when you do that, that transforms your mind to be in agreement with the spirit of God that's within you already from being saved. And you can't just be saved and not ever do it again. I wish you could, but you can't. Uh, if you're going to grow in your spirit and grow towards the Lord and grow towards truth, because there's really only two avenues. You're either thinking truth after the spirit of God and after the word of God, or you're speaking lies after the spirit of Satan in the demonic realm and his deception. Or you could say you're either thinking truth yeah. or you're thinking lies. Right. Right. Or remembering truth or remembering lies or imagining truth or imagining lies. But it's two categories, good or evil, good being the truth, evil being darkness and lies. So it isn't complicated but it can seem like it is until you break it down. And I hope that we're providing a breakdown, not necessarily the breakdown, but a breakdown, because I would rather take a stab at providing a way to look at it and study it and understand it than to just dismiss it and say, well, I don't know if we can define that or this doesn't agree with blah, blah, blah. I'm just clear. 
that Satan's trying to speak to my mind all the time. He's trying to get me to remember and imagine bad things. He's trying to affect my will not to submit it to God. And he's trying to take my emotions out of the spirit happy realm to a sad place of the flesh. Right. right? Absolutely. So if you get that and then you get that we have been given authority over him, according to Luke ten nineteen, when Jesus left, I've given you all authority over Satan. So when he said that, that means over all the ways he's trying to affect you. How I'm trying to affect you. And so if you look at how he's trying to affect these places and what he works through, and then you look at things we'll talk about as we go along to strengthen that or to weaken it, Obviously, if you sin chronically without repentance, you're going to weaken your mind to want to be controlled by that sin, which evolves into a stronghold, which we have principles about what to do about that. But the bottom line is Jesus came that we would be free mm. in our triune being, right. our spirit, soul, and body. And even if you're navigating an illness today or a problem with your body, which you know the older you get, even though Psalm 92 says that we will reap and sow and bear fruit in our old age and we'll be like trees of Lebanon and uh, planted in the courts of the Lord, which I've, I think that's a great verse. I think it's true. Uh, your body, according to 2 Corinthians um, 10, well, I have to look that up. It's 2 Corinthians 4, I believe, says that our outer body is wasting away day by day while our inner man is being renewed day by day. So what that says is that your spirit man can make you feel alive and youthful and, and energized and charged by the spirit of God, though one day, if we don't go up in the rapture, we will die, even if you die in your sleep because your body wears out. Where is 2 it? Corinthians 4, 16 in the ESV. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Okay. So, I mean, it's appointed to every man once to die. A day wants to die. It's appointed to every man. But once we die, if the spirit of God's in us, we don't die. We die unto eternity and we live forever. So that's why I want to say in every podcast we have, if you've not received Jesus Christ as your personal savior yet, do it today because you will have a day when you will leave this temporal life and your heart will stop beating. Hopefully it's not through some heinous disease. And of course that goes back to how you take care of your body and a lot of other things. Um, but nonetheless, Jesus took stripes on his back, not just for salvation. He shed his blood on the cross for your salvation, but also for your physical healing and your emotional healing. You know, triune, triune, body, soul, and spirit. He cares about every aspect of us and wants us to be whole in all of the, in all areas. Yeah. And um, it's available to each of us. If we will just apply ourselves to this knowledge, you know, you quoted Hosea 4, 6 at the beginning, um, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge, right? If we will just go back to, if we will just get the knowledge and apply the knowledge that we are given from God's word, then we can attack these areas and make sure that we're whole. And, and the, the outworking of it, is if you do that, you can grow and develop after salvation into being Christ-like and spiritual, which is another way to define sanctification, 
once you're justified through salvation. Or you can apply yourself to be Satan-like and worldly. One makes us effective for the kingdom of God while in this temporal world, world, and the other focus makes us effective for the kingdom of Satan while in this temporal world. world. It seems like a pretty easy choice, but it's not. Yeah. Well, and in the NIV, that verse, Hosea 4, 6 says this, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I will ignore, I also will ignore your children. So the impact, as we say a lot on this podcast, goes beyond me and you. It goes on to our children, either positive or negative. So if you know, if you, if you weren't motivated enough to get healed and whole for yourself, do it for your children, right? Would be the next motivation to get things straight because, you know, and find this for why make your children suffer for the things that, you know, weren't whole in your own life. Find this verse, the sins of the fathers will be visited to the third and fourth generation, but the righteousness of the fathers and mothers, of course, will be visited unto a thousand generations, which is unto eternity. So when you make the right choices in your life as a parent and decide to walk toward holiness every day and keep a perfect heart, which to me a perfect heart is you're not walking in chronic sin without repentance, and you're neither are you wounded and hurt and damaged from wounding so that you have walls up that you push the Lord and everybody else out, then according to that verse, that righteousness will endure and be passed on to all the generations after you until we all go to be in eternity. And where's that verse? It's it's Exodus 34, six and seven, which says, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So this is when um, God passed before Moses on Mount Sinai. So as you said, that should be really great motivation. Now, that doesn't mean that I say, because my father and mother sinned, if they didn't take care of it before they died, that means I have no choice. And I'm going to have to follow after that, because I think every new set of parents or every new beginning of a generation can choose to go righteously from that point on for those that come after them and cancel, cancel the sins of the forefathers upon the next generations. Even if you've had things like divorce or uh, infidelity, anything that you can think of, because, you know, the word says that in this life you'll have temptation, but God has given us the way to escape through his grace, through his grace. I define grace as the ability to do in the supernatural what you can't do in the natural The acrostic could be God's riches at Christ's expense. You will be tempted in this life to go after Satan and to sin, but God has given you the way of escape Mm -hmm. through his grace. And that just doesn't mean the grace that you accept him as Lord and Savior. That means grace every day to strengthen you. Um, In fact, Hebrews uh, 12.6 says, Do not fail to obtain his grace 
lest a root of bitterness will rise up and defile many. So you could put a lot of things in that verse. If you're angry, I think the progression of anger is you're, you're hurt or actually hurt. You're hurt, angry, resentful, bitterness, bitter and rebellious. So if you stop right there uh, and you follow Hebrews twelve six, do not fail you, the understood you there, do not fail one more time. I think we ask for grace. We call out for grace. His grace is sufficient. When you're weak, he'll make you strong. And particularly to overcome temptation, if you are so tempted that you need his help and his strength, um, and then if you've developed a stronghold where you've practiced a sin so long that it has you rather than you having it, that's another subject that we will cover because that can happen. Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound in Luke four eighteen, which was a fulfillment of Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. Yeah. So we want to exhort you to address these invisible parts of your being. Um, you do have a soul. It is subject to Satan's attacks and wounding, and but Jesus came to provide healing and freedom in your soul, in these invisible parts, so that you can be healthy and whole in your entire triune being moving forward in your life. And I think once you inform Satan, yeah, they're invisible to my natural eye but they're not invisible to my spiritual understanding. And you ask yourself, I just exhort everybody, ask yourself, where am I being defeated today? Is it because I'm not saved, so the Spirit of God's not in me? Is it one part of the soul that we're defining? I'm thinking all the time about sin or evil or or whatever. Am I imagining uh, trauma from the past? Am I uh, remembering things that I can't get over? Am I setting my will to look at the wrong things that comes up in my brain that's like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. Where are you defeated today? And once you understand a working definition, if you apply what we're saying or how you understand it and it becomes visible, then you can say to Satan, look, you're not working in the dark anymore. Right. You're not working in the invisible. You know, there's a saying that you the best pictures are developed in the dark meaning that they used to take film and go into a dark room. Well, he knows that too. He can develop a really good picture to defeat you if he's in the dark and you can't see what he's doing, how he's doing it, where he's coming from. In other words, know where you're coming, where he's, where, where you're coming from through him or not through him, where you are and where you're going. Yeah. So we hope you'll shed the light of these scriptures on, you on yourself and, and on the parts of your life that need light in order so that you can expose the enemy and what he might be doing to, or, or what he is doing to destroy you. What's and so get cool. Victory. What's so cool is there is a, a formula, if you want to say that, or a set of principles of what to do for all parts of the mind, the will, the emotions, what to do. If they're being damaged, defeated, attacked, we have a plan, Mm -hmm. a plan, not the plan, but a plan that works pretty well, again, on how he's working and what to do about it every day. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray and uh, we'll come back next time and talk about another myth about the soul. So, Lord, we come to you today and we submit ourselves every part of our being, body, soul, and spirit to you. you, We want you to shine the light of your truth, the light of your word into the, the corners, the nooks, the crannies 
of our soul, our heart, our mind, our will, and our emotions to make sure that there's not any part of it that's left unaddressed by you. We want total healing, total freedom. So we submit to you by an act of our will and give you full permission, full reign to search out and seek out every part of us so that you can show us anything that needs to be healed and made whole by the power of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just ask that you administer to each and every person listening to this podcast today that is making that choice today to give you full access so that you can do a complete healing work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Totally Transformed podcast. Come back next time and we'll talk about another myth about the soul. Mm -hmm.